888-346-9144. You know, it's the year 2000, uh, uh, 2020. And uh, I hope you had a happy, healthy New Year, Danny. Cole, a uh, happy, healthy New Year to you as well. Merry Christmas. That's all done. It's time to take down the Christmas trees, the lights, and move on with 2020. And, you know, we're here, and we have a great time. We're talking sports. We're going to have Cornwall in later. We're going to talk. We're going to recap the Section 9 2019 football season where Cornwall uh, state champs for a second time. Pretty incredible. We're going to talk to those guys. We're going to have our Player of the Year award, and we're going to talk to Coach Ryan Baldock. But let's go over some things. Let's do some house cleaning, per se, or, you know, there was some there was some things that happened in the last week in the sports world, some sad news. Don Larson, at 90 years old, passed away. Danny, did you watch? You never saw Don Larson pitch, did you? He retired in 67, I yeah, think. Yeah, I was born in 69, so uh, not familiar with uh, watching him live, obviously. I know all the stats and, you know, pitching on two days rest, all that other good things. Uh, you know, it's sad to see those guys go. That generation is really uh, second to none, in my opinion. And, you know, you just mentioned you saw his stats. I looked at his stats when, you know, he was, you know, they were talking about him all the time when he passed away. He wasn't a very good pitcher. Big game pitcher. No, he had a big game. Don Larson lost 21 games in 1954. He was 3-21. It was 56 when he threw the perfect game, game five. And that was after two days rest, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Perhaps. That I'm not sure. But Larson pitched for eight teams. Eight of them. He finished his uh, career with an 81-91 and 91 record, sub-500. He... Uh, he pitched to a in 1954, like I said, a three win, 21 loss season with a 4.44 ERA. And you know, back in the day, Larson found out he was pitching that day because they would put a ball in your glove or in your cleat in the locker, and that's when he knew he was the starting pitcher that day. Perfect game, never done, you know, before, hasn't been done since. And with the way pitchers go today in pitch counts, especially in World Series play with. Seventh inning specialists, eighth inning setup guys, and then your closer. Very, I, I can't see it happening again. Yeah, I don't think these guys get the uh, opportunity to kind of. They now have this, you know, middle relief stuff, and then they have a six pitcher or five pitcher. Um, you know, the athlete then is just so different. Those guys were more hungry, in my opinion, right? Wanted to win, give me the ball. I know some of them kind of demand it now, but there's so much investment, I guess, in these teams. And these guys don't get the opportunity to kind of Really, they have to be known, uh, you know, four, five, six-day rest. You know, got to make sure they get the training, the nutrition, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Larson loved the nightlife, they said. Loved the nightlife. He died at 90 years old, like I said. You know what state he lived in? Hoosier, do you know? I'll give you a thousand. I'll give you 50 guesses. Kentucky. He, he died in Idaho. Beautiful. Don Larson died in Idaho. Was born in the state of Indiana. David Stern passed away, the NBA commissioner from 1984 to 2014. You familiar with Stern? I am a little bit. uh, You know, not a big NBA fan, but what he has done for the game over the years is really simply incredible, whether it be the TV contracts, the player contracts, and he just kind of moved in a way that really set the precedent. And it's kind of 
it's it's a shame to see him go at such a young age too. You know, uh, all that fame and fortune. And I just hope that the athlete of today and just the game itself really appreciate how important he really was and how he paved the way I, for so many. I think this will tell you, and you could tell by you know it, seeing the interviews with today's NBA players, they were shaken up. They lo- and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you one major reason why the NBA players were shaken up because their pockets were lined in 1984. The average salary in the NBA was $250,000. Do you know what it is today? It's $9 million. Average. The average salary in the NBA is $9 million. When Stern took over or came into the league as the commissioner, it was 250000 Now, why did it go up so high? I'm gonna, I, I looked at Stern's, you know, the years he was the commissioner. And I, I came up with some of the things that changed the game. One... The 1992 Dream Team. Stern allowed, you know, uh, the to send the best of the best to the Olympics like the other countries always did. He sent pros. What that did, having that Dream Team, is it opened the NBA up internationally. Stern added two teams subsequently from Canada. The league is watched around the world. Uh, I saw an interview with Dirk Nowitzki, who didn't know, you know, wasn't even in love with the game until he watched that Dream Team play. You know, the Bird, the Magic, Barkley, Ewing. I mean, we can go on. it was an incredible team who, you know, beat everybody by a 1,000 points. But the Dream Team did that. The other thing David Stern started was the WNBA. And honestly, I don't pay any attention to the WNBA at all. But he did start a league for women. It's a big deal. Um, seven new franchises came into the league under Stern's watch. And... Perhaps one of the biggest things occurred, and you know he was part of that. Larry O'Brien was the main guy. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, they they could have saved this league. Bird, you know, Boston Magic, L.A. They played against each other in college. Boston, L.A., and you could even say the race, white, black. It was a huge thing, and Michael Jordan. I think the game was also better then. Um, you know, the athletes obviously today bigger, stronger, faster, right? That's no secret. But those guys, again, played with passion, hated to lose. Give me the ball. There was no load management, okay? And I also think, too, with the uh, with the revenue that's coming in just from, uh, you know, sneakers and hats and merchandise has exploded, well, right, since nine then? Million. You know, you know, you're talking years ago. Let's just call it how he is, regardless whether you come from a you know a wealthy background or not. You know, you got maybe one or two sneak pairs of sneakers a year, or maybe a jersey or a t-shirt. Now it's like they're flying off the racks, and you got the eBay's of the world, and you got the Amazons, and there's just so much merchandise, and, and nationally, and uh, you know, worldly, it's it's insane. And Stern takes a lot of that. Should get a lot of that credit. David Stern, Hall of Famer. Inducted in the National Basketball Hall of Fame, dies at 77 years old. Um, he did, you know, he did oversee the NBA lockout. He also did something a commissioner has never done, not that I know of. If you remember, and we'll go real quick, he vetoed a trade. The commissioner stepped in and vetoed the Chris Paul trade because he thought, it, for basketball reasons, it wasn't appropriate, wasn't correct, wasn't fair, and there was some side deals going on. But David Stern, dead at the age of 77, the NBA owes him a great deal of gratitude. The last guy I want to talk about, Don Imus. You know, we sit here, we do radio, we have a great time. Don Imus, to me, was the best there was. Uh, I'm as, uh, you know, 79 years old. And the thing that bothered me, and it did bother me that day, you know, when he passed away, seeing a headline 
racist uh, shock jock passes away. I listen to Imus as far as I can remember. Um, Don Imus was not a racist. Don Imus was a shock jock. Don Imus was probably the best interviewer I've ever seen. And he said something about the Rutgers basketball team. He was dragged through the mud for it. It was probably inappropriate, but it was a joke, a joke that people didn't find funny. Al Sharpton, you know, ran with it. See Vivian Stringer, the head coach of the Rutgers women's basketball team, had nothing but nice things to say about Don Imus on hearing about his death. True legend. And you know what? He reinvented himself in more than one occasion, right? He started out as the shock jock, kind of really set the platform for Howard Stern, right? I'm sure uh, Howard hopefully appreciates, you know, what Imus so. did for him. He doesn't like him, for sure. Um, you know, even after his passing, everything is it, everything seems to be the whole race-baiting thing. You know, that pendulum has swung so far. And I think Imus truly was saying it as a joke. And, you know, unfortunately, you can't say those things now, whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, Dave Chappelle says it every day. In Living Color was a TV show, says it every day. In Living it, Color, absolutely great. Yeah. Absolutely great. But, you know, Imus raised a tremendous amount of money. I was listening to an interview with someone from American Express, a big shot, and they said when Don Imus called and asked for money, we just asked him how much. He was incredible at raising money for SIDS, the SIDS Foundation. He had a ranch down in Texas, kids with cancer, adopted a child who... Uh, you know, 10-year-old kid who had leukemia. Don Imus was a good man. Don Imus made a mistake at one time in his life, like we all do. And, uh, you know, Don Imus at 79 years old passes away. Nasty son of a gun. And all the guys that work with him. I mean, I still listen to 770, right? Yeah. Right up until he retired a couple of years ago. And now you got Bernie and Sid on in the morning, right? And as much as, you know, they, they, they kind of said it how it was. You know, after he passed away, you know, they had a nice... Uh, thing about him when they first came back onto the show and he was just a nasty ornery guy and you kind of had to make sure if you rubbed him the wrong way he may not spoke with you for a month but people deep, were afraid of him deep down he, he he was very powerful man but deep down they're on their hands and knees thanking him for really the career and how he set the radio platform to the moon we're going to talk for the next hour or so, sports and sports only. We have the Cornwall uh, head coach coming in. We have some players from Cornwall coming in. We'll do our Player of the Year awards, and we will be back right after this. The basketball world! Touchdown! 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 Sports 845. This is Sports 845, and, you know, um, I am Darren Kunis. To my left is Danny Ludke. To Danny's left, the head coach of the two-time um, New York State uh, Class A football champs, Ryan Baldock from Cornwall, and Louis Francisi from Cornwall, wide receiver turned quarterback, and Amin Woods, who was here last year when we did the Player of the Year honors, uh, Amin Woods, uh, All-State uh, running back. And these guys, you know, we sat here in August, and I think Ryan was up, and Ryan, before you talk about your players, let me talk to you for a few minutes here. You had to. It was a tough year. It had to be. There had to be, and I'm putting words in your mouth. You could tell me I'm wrong. But it had to be, there had to be some pressure. You come over from Monroe, a big-time program. You're, you're coming into a situation where you're taking over a team that just won a state title. They were undefeated. They won a state title. And then your first game is against Monroe. You go through, I'll give you the whole litany of things. 
you go through the season, you lose your quarterback in game three or four, Aiden Simo. Yeah, week five, actually. Week five. Yeah. You come back, you win that game, and then Aiden is healthy at the end of the season for your state title game, where once again you have that pressure. There had to be. There had to be a decision made, and one would think from the outside it could have broken some teams. Could have had some teams that said, we want this kid, we want that kid, he should play, he shouldn't play. There had to be some of that. Oh, there def- I don't know if there was any of that on your team, but there was scuttlebutt around Section 9. What's Baldock going to do here? So you go through the season at a new school, and you win a state title and go undefeated. Am I wrong in saying any of those things? No, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said there was no pressure. But, again, you just try to prepare the best you can. And, you know, you take it a day at a time and you just give your best effort every day. And, you know, when it all shakes out, if, you, if you've done as much possible work as you can do and you're as prepared as possible. And, you, obviously, you've you got a lot of really talented kids like these guys sitting here with me tonight and, you know, the 35 other guys at, back in Cornwall, you know, and you have really good assistant coaches, you know. All these things can happen. What was the toughest game of the year? Jeez, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean we what was the some, most nerve-wracking game? Was it the first really one? Really good game. Really good teams. Really good competition. Um, you know, maybe on a personal note, just because of my relationship with the players there. You know, that was maybe for myself. But I mean, obviously, like, there's nothing like these guys know because they've done it twice now. But for me, obviously, the state championship, first time ever, really, you know, being in that setting in that venue. Um, you know, there's just nothing else like it. So, you have great coaches, and I'll tell you this: we cover a lot of the teams. And I don't just say this, and and, I mean, you've been here before. We had Aiden in here last year. Tremendous amount of great kids. Cornwall has really good kids. Uh, They have an unbelievable following. And I firmly believe, and I know Danny does too, you know, we're up here in Monticello. I went to Monticello. I root for them. And you go to a Monticello football game, and there's six people in the stands. And it's not an insult. It's something that has to change. What I just said is fact. I think, is it the, what's the Cornwall way? Is it the community? Because you've been at other schools. You've, you've coached men. What's different at Cornwall? Well, there, there's no question it's a great community. You know, you have a lot of, you know, really good families, and they, they raise really good kids like these guys right here and the rest of the guys back in Cornwall. And there's no doubt we have the best fans, right, guys? I mean, I mean the crazies, the Cornwall crazies, they come out and they show out and they, you know, they – they, they're a huge part of our success. Um, Every coach has the best fans. Yeah, but we really do Lose have the best game. fans. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I, I hope that doesn't happen. But uh, that's not, uh, you know, that's obviously not the plan. But uh, you know, we, we really do have the best fans. I mean, the, the turnout that we get is tremendous. Um, it's a shame that our facilities aren't a little bit better because we, the fans, really deserve a better viewing than what they do get. But um, we have a tremendous support and it's a tremendous community, and you know it. When you have a lot of really good people, you have a lot of really good kids, it, That the, the result is what you get. But, Ryan, you absolutely have to be demanding on your athlete, right? I know today's athlete is different than years past. Winning obviously helps, right? You get more kids involved from the youth level, whatever you do. Everybody wants to win, yada, yada, yada. There's something about Cornwall that they just do it differently. There's got to be something. You know, are you on top of these guys? Obviously, you're on top of their academics, right? Do, uh, uh, listen, are you demanded? You need to co- show up to the weight room, you know, in the offseason. You want 
want to play these other sports, you want to bounce around with all your buddies, fine. But you make sure you show up. There's got to be something different. Because here's the deal. Cornwall's a tiny little school, right? I have a dear friend we talked about earlier this that put three kids through the program, right? And I always break his chops about it. I'm like, you know, who do you have? Who's coming in next? How do you get this team to buy in and the kids? Is it the kids, you know, talking to their buddies, you know, the good athlete, a kid who may be kind of a little bit meager, 7th, 8th grade, comes into his own ninth, 10th, and they buy into the tr- tradition because of winning, but there's got to be something that you, this program does that really forces this team to want to win and compete and it's almost like you embrace having a target on your back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe these guys should answer that question. Oh, they will. They're the ones that show up every single day in the summer and every single day in, in January and February in the weight room. And I don't know, guys. Yeah, yeah there's uh, definitely more of a demand than other teams, I feel like, because like, it doesn't really matter who it is. Like, like this guy can not show up for a weight room or somewhere, anything, and they'll get pissed off. Even if it's him, as he should, even, yeah. You guys, yeah, he would example. never not show up, though. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. I think. But, it, I, but in the event he did, yeah, we try to hold. I mean, we hold the kids as accountable as we can. But honestly, they they hold themselves accountable. This, the, the kids in Cornwall want to win. They know what it takes to win. The program obviously had a high expectation for what's expected of the people in the program long before I got there, long before me and Louis got there, or any of these other guys got there. That was established by the coaches before us and the players before them. Um, and you know, we're just really, we really just preach. If you want to be, a, if you want to be a part of the program. If you want to be a Cornwall football dragon, you know, this is the expectation and this is what it takes to win and kids buy into that. Louis, I mean, let me ask you guys a question. You've been part of the Cornwall football program for years. You've had co- different coaches from Mike Con- I believe you played for Mike Conley. You played for uh, uh, Apple, And then you get this new guy coming in from Monroe. Any trepidation before the season started? Who is this guy? What'd you think of Baldock? Um, I mean, he came from a good program, so I didn't really think anything of it. And um, I just followed what the other previous Cornwall coaches have told me, and I took that with me. Okay. Louis? Uh, Yeah, I definitely, like, in the beginning there was question, obviously, from all the guys, not just, like, a couple people. But that's just how it should be because, like, we're off a state championship, our heads are high, like, Mm -hmm. all that. And a new coach comes in from Monroe. So, like, obviously it's going to be tough, but, like, now that it's over, like, we all say it to each other, like, we realize he had a lot more pressure than, and we should have been a lot easier on him because... Were you tough on him at all? I mean, I'd imagine. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, a coach told me once at a high school level, and and it makes a lot of sense. If a kid is not that good in, in math, but he loves his math teacher, has all the respect in the world for his math teacher, he's going to give it as much as he can. He's going to be better at math at the end of the year. You watch a lot of these coaches, and I'm not saying, and I've watched your games, I'm not saying he doesn't yell. But there's a difference between screaming for 42 minutes and yelling every now and then. If you like your coach, and I think it's very important that a coach has that relationship with his kids. A coach that screams all day long, you tune him out. And I, and, I, and I sensed it from the previous coach at Cornwall, who I was friendly with, and he actually told me this. If the kid likes you, they're going to give you more. And it seems like the relationship you guys have with your coach is, 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 is great. Mm-hmm. Now, um, before we uh, – Ryan, I want – before we uh, go on, last year you were uh, – or a year and a half ago you were here, and I called you up. I said there's rumors 
that you might be leaving Monroe. And you said, Darren, I, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. There's a rumor that you might be uh, in consideration for the giant job. Is there any truth to that before we go any further? <laughs> well, they have some nice pieces on the offense. Uh, Do the backfield with Jones and Barkley. Uh, they better show up the old D-line. They're going to be in trouble, I think. So I think that they go that direction. They'll be all right. I'm not a Giants fan. I know. So I'm a big Bills fan. So I'm kind of, uh, Oof, I'm yeah. still, I haven't been able to uh, get over that one this weekend. Um, 16 nothing at half and lose? Well, Common sense, I guess, trumps rules now, so I don't really get that piece of it. So you're staying at Cornwall. But uh, I have no plans on leaving Cornwall. Okay. Tell me about Amin Woods. And before, you know, you're going to talk about these guys. We sent out, you got it, uh, each coach a please list five guys that you would consider for player of the year. And we had an overwhelming response. The coaches, and we thank them very much for getting back to us. And these guys were the top vote-getters. You know, coming in, and then we announce a player of the year. Tell us about Amin Woods. Well, geez, I mean, I've known Amin for a few years. I actually met Amin a couple of years back before when I was still at Monroe. Um, so I've known Amin as you know for a few years now as a, a little bit as a as a person, and I, I knew he was the whole package coming into Cornwall. You know, obviously everyone sees the the football success that he's had. He obviously a very talented player. Um, you know first he's got all the stuff all the, the first back-to-back mvp of the state championship game you know first guy to go over four thousand yards rushing is in class a in section nine history you know all that stuff everyone sees all that but what they don't see is they don't see you know they don't see a mean taking all the scout team reps in practice you know they don't see a mean covering kickoffs in practice they don't all the stuff that goes into being a leader and a and a and a, and a total you know teammate you know the people miss that piece because they're not there every day um so i think it's easy to get caught up in the success that it means had on the field but but really it's all the other stuff that i've really enjoyed you know getting to coach him and 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 getting to know him truly as a person and how great of a kid he is how hard is it to mean right now knowing that there's football practice going on and you're not part of this team next year i mean at some point it is hard but at the same time you got to <clears throat> you got to realize that you're closing a chapter up for yourself and you're opening a new one up for um college football and everything and that doesn't take anything out of my work ethic or anything like that I'm still I would imagine I'm sure it doesn't <laughs> but it's got to be a little bittersweet knowing you you're not you're not you know I would imagine you hate leaving Cornwall as much as you look forward to going on to the next level Yeah definitely but there's still that excitement of starting a new chapter in my life where you get what what is your future you mean for football college? wise yeah um i mean i have an offer from maris and new hampshire okay where any school in particular you're leaning towards um i mean they're both pretty even it just comes down to money base and what's more affordable for me louis francisi goes from one of the best wide receivers if not the best wide receiver probably second to my son two years ago and probably the best wide receiver this year. And I'm sure you're saying I'm going to play wide receiver in college, and I'm sure you still are. And Simo goes down in the Pine Bush game. It's a, you know, were, did you take snaps in practice? Were, I mean, or Ryan, maybe you could tell us. Was was it immediate that you were going to him? Does he have, do you, do you have quarterback experience before this? I mean, in practice and, like, in some scrimmages and seven-on-sevens, but not, like, game situations at all. Did it really stink having to go play quarterback? And I mean, in-game, like, it wasn't really, like, a, a thing where, like, I was really worried about myself. Like, I just, like, 
I don't know, in game in Pine Bush, I was more worried that like Aiden went down and like it sucks for him and sucks for our team. And I just didn't want like it's more of like not me going to quarterback. It's more like I don't like want to lose. Like I don't want to like let them down be- just because like I have to fill in someone's shoes and I don't want it to like be my fault that we lose or anything. See, so folks, know. you just heard the Cornwall way. That's that he just defined it right. All there. about the team. Yes, always. he yeah. just defined it. And I watched you play quarterback. I went to a few of these games, and I said, "Let me go watch this kid play quarterback." And when I got there, I said, "He's." When I left, I said, "He's not a quarterback that's managing the game. He's not a quarterback that's trying not to lose the game." You were pretty aggressive, and, and your play calling was pretty aggressive as well. Well, he was a quarterback that looked like you've been there before. You, you look like a very good quarterback. That's how it is. Well, thank you. <laughs> Tell yeah. us about Louie. Well, first of all, the play calling, that is, uh, that's Coach Holzapple. You know, we were obviously very fortunate to have Coach Holzapple be our offensive coordinator. He, he's been there for seven or eight years before I got there. Obviously, he you know, took over last year and, and led them to the state championship, their first state title. And he, he went back into that offensive coordinator role this year, and uh, he's a tremendous play caller. So, so that's, that's, you got to give him credit where credit's due. Um, very good coach. Um, Louie, obviously... Not an easy situation, you know. Not an easy situation for, I mean, you look at this weekend's game in the, with the Eagles. You know, you got a you got a 17 year vet McCown there who has to go in for Wentz. It's, you know, and he, and he struggles. Everybody goes in you for know, Wentz in the playoffs. That's true, <laughs> but he, and he struggles, and that's a guy getting paid millions of dollars. You know, so now you got a high school kid that has. Oh, to it's incredibly step tough, into, and that's why he's yeah, sitting in that chair. So it's, exactly the the amount of the amount of pressure and like Louis said, you know, it, it not it's never one guy that wins or loses football games. It's it's a total team game. It always is, and that's what makes it the greatest game in the world but the the you know that position carries with it extra responsibility you know and uh you just can't say enough good things about the way louis handled handled himself and the role change and did you did, at, at any point did you say coach someone else can do it maybe i want to you know i want to catch balls well no because i mean we didn't really have like a third string yet at that point and like i knew like if we try to put in a third string it just wouldn't really end well I think I don't know, but I coach thought I was the best option, so like I'm not going to argue. Well, you're certainly that. not taking your running back out of the backfield to quarterback, right? I mean, Alfieri <laughs> seems like a decent athlete, right? He was a good wideout. Yeah, Would he? Oh yeah. Yeah, very could good. he possibly? I mean, what you did really is second to none. Not easy to do. All state, you know, wideout, mm-hmm. and then like up oh, our stud quarterback goes down. Let me fill. And you seems to me you kind of uh, did it with welcomed it with open arms. It says a lot. Yeah, I think if like you said it best, like if if you didn't know the situation, which everyone knew, but if you didn't know and you just showed up at a game and you watched Louis play quarterback, that's what I'm saying. You wouldn't know he wasn't a quarterback, you know. And uh, he he obviously handled it very about as well as you could possibly handle it, um, not just on the field, but everything that goes with the position from a mental aspect. So, um, you know, he it really uh, it, it was a tremendous thing. You know, it's obviously winning a state championship. It, 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 people don't understand how. Until you do it, you don't really understand how difficult it is. And to, to do it when you lose a caliber of a player like Simo, it just speaks volumes to what this team is. You know, you know, you know what Section 9 has turned into? And it's turned into it the last few years. And as a parent of a kid that, you know, played at Goshen, you don't – your goal at the beginning of the season is to get a shot at Cornwall. It, it really is. It's not – listen – it's not, I, I, I'm not kissing your, you know, kissing up to you guys, but it really is. We only lost to Cornwall by 18. We were tied with Cornwall at the half. Um, all we, you know, if we could get the goals at the beginning of the season, if we can get to a Section 9 final against Cornwall, be great. It's not about beating Cornwall anymore. It's about getting close to Cornwall. 
And it's a tremendous credit to you guys, to the families in Cornwall, to the fans in Cornwall, to the coach, the coaching staff, and all. And, you know, people have told me this, and I, and I think I mentioned this to you before. I watched Cornwall get off the bus at a game. And I looked at the and I looked at these guys and I said, This is what they're talking about? Where's the offensive line? Where's the defensive line? And it, uh, I, I, and then I'd see him put on the numbers of 68 and everything. I'd say, oh, you know, what is this, D3, JV? The line coach, Castle, has to be incredible. And I know every one of your coaches are, but this guy had to do one hell of a job because, I mean, the fact is, they're not big kids. When you look at the, you know, the rosters, Queensbury and Cornwall, it's not close. Yeah, it's uh, it's not how big you are; it's how big you play. I mean, that's that's the that's it. It's how big is your heart? You know, there's no you can't put the size of a kid's will to win in a in a program. You know, now, and we obviously have kids that just refuse to lose. Like it's just the mentality. Before we do our our player of the year thing, I I do have a question, and I'm sure Danny has another one as well. I couldn't make it to the Carrier Dome. Um, to watch the final, so I was getting updates up to the second, and it, this is a podcast, so we could say some things. Uh, Richie Robinson was was uh, updating me, and um, big play after big play uh, was it Queensbury, Carthage. Uh, uh, Carthage. Carthage? No, Queensbury. They right it was the week Carthage. before. Two I was at that two, two weeks. weeks at Car- Shenandoah. I was there in fourteen yeah. degree weather in my shorts and the end zone watching you guys. <laughs> so, cool. so I got I got yeah. Rich, I got Richie updating me, and I, and I get shit. We're in trouble. 7 nothing. Big play after big play. They go on and score 28 points, I think, or 24 points in the first half. What did you do at halftime? Because it was two different games. What did you and your staff do at halftime? Because Richie calmed down in the second half. I was going to say, did Mr. Robinson go into that locker room? Because I was on a group text with guys that I, that I, I know Richie very well. And after it was 14 nothing, he goes, guys, I'm done with updates. And we're like, what happened? And all of a sudden, he was like, hey, we scored. We did this. <laughs> what went on at halftime? What well, adjustments? The first of all, you you have to give Carthage a lot of credit. They came out with a great game plan, and they showed us some things we hadn't seen all year. I think they had completed like 32 passes on the season, and they came out and they started chucking the ball. And we had a blown coverage, gave a couple big plays, and they they again all the credit in the world to them. Um, you know, halftime it was just it was no different than every other week. You know, that's that's a time that we use to try to make adjustments and 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 you know. Put kids in better positions to be successful, and then ultimately in the second half, the kids executed. They just they played their tails off. Like I said before, they there was uh, there was never a feeling of doubt, or you know it, there was never a feeling of this game's over. Like these kids have faced so much adversity over the last couple of years, um, and they're so resilient. Like it, we just we just coached, they played, and we were fortunate enough to make enough plays in the second half to, you know, to come out on top. And you did. And, you know, it's uh, it really is incredible. It's got to be great to go on Twitter and change that uh, state champion to 2X, huh? Yeah. It's the best <laughs> the emoji with two rings, right? Yeah. <laughs> Louis, where do you want to go to school? What's your future? Um, I'm not really sure yet. Uh, right now, I'm, le- I'm leaning, getting recruited by Marist, but um, I haven't gotten As a wide receiver? Yet. Not really sure. I'm guessing as a wide receiver. I haven't really asked. But uh, right now, I'm looking at Cortland if I don't get an offer from there. Probably Cortland. Cortland's a, has a Cortland has a uh, unbelievable facility. Yeah. It's uh, when we toured with my kid, Marist was was nice, and it is. 
Um, but the Cortland facility is 10 times, you know, because the Jets trained there, so they built yeah. an unbelievable facility. Yeah, it's very nice. When we get back, we're going to do Player of the Year. We'll be back right after this. The basketball world! Touchdown! 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 Sports 845. Sports 845 returns. Every year we do our Player of the Year. We send out... Uh, uh, basically a questionnaire to all the coaches. I think we sent it to 23 heads and assistants, and we got a resounding response, named five kids, and there were some great players this year. Sec- I think Section 9 got it right, the, the first team. You had a bunch of guys on. Co- oh, Coach, before we go on, uh, you had other kids that made first team record. Who, who were they? Yeah, um, I think we had seven total. Um, on the first two on teams? On the first team. On the second team, we had another four, I believe. So, uh, again, we we have a tremendously... Let's mention those group. kids. Uh, uh, Jack Robinson. Jack Robb, uh, defensive line. Um, he was a first-team uh, defensive player. Uh, Jay Chanel, middle linebacker, first-team defensive player. Mike Alfieri got on the deep first-team defense as a corner, but he, he obviously was a very big piece of our of our wide receiver corps once, uh, once you know, the, the change happened with Louie, the quarterback. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, obviously both of these guys to my left were first-team players. Adrian. And Adrian, our left tackle, who's Beloga. coming back, was a first-team lineman. So, And then our kicker, obviously, the specialist, Beloga, um, very talented kicker, was a huge part of our success this year. You know, uh, So we had seven first-team guys. And the second-team guys, uh, we had Derek Schrag. Uh, second team defense, you know, missed a few games at the end of the year, but tremendously talented player, uh, has a lot of opportunity to play at the next next level. Uh, John Velez, I think he had like 16 tackles for a loss this year. Don't quote me on the stats, but, you know, a very good interior defensive line player for us. Second team, offensive line, second team, Joe Parker, our center, two-year starter, captain, you know, definitely going to, you know, can't express how, what he meant to that group with being four underclassmen on the old line. Joe really being the only senior, really anchored that offensive line for us uh, this this year and the year before. Um, so a lot of really talented football players. And you mentioned some that are coming back next year, and I want to ask you a question. If you if you if you can answer it, you can. If you uh, rumors. Uh, Aiden Simo may have played his last game at Cornwall. Might be you know the rumors he's at IMG, he's at here, he's there. Um, do you, is there anything you could tell us, yes or no, or you don't know if Aiden you will know, be back at Cornwall? I, I'm not, I don't want to speculate on, on Aiden's future. Uh, everyone knows how talented he is. He's a tremendous football player. He's, I mean, his potential is, you know, it, it's something you, I don't know if we've, if Section 9, I don't want to be disrespectful to past players, but in my time in New York, I've definitely never seen a kid with as much, you know, uh, of a high ceiling as him. Uh, that's just my personal, you know, my personal belief. Um, I think he's obviously, you know, he's got a tremendous future ahead of him. Um, right now, he is uh, he's a Cornwall student. And, you know, yesterday, I'm sorry. Yeah, yesterday he got, I want to say, 10 or 12 guys together. And they went down to the field and they threw routes for a couple hours. And he was at the weight room today and he was a leader. And he took the guys out and they threw routes on their own again today outside in 40-degree weather. And, you know, so, again, you expect him back. I expect him back, and uh, I expect nothing but big, big things from him in the future. Our 2000, uh, the Sports 845, which trumps the record, by the way. Our Sports 845 Section 9 Football Player of the Year is Amin Woods and Louis Francis. Um, there wasn't much debate. 
it's it was an obvious year to go co-player of the years, and um, this was the perfect season to do it. You you're not where you are without the people that coach mentioned, your staff, and particularly you two. So congratulations to both of you. Um, I thank you for coming up. I look forward to seeing what you do at the next level. And you know, if you guys want to say a few words, go ahead. Thank um, you. Thank you. That is a few words. Okay, that is a few. You're more than welcome. And I and I will tell you this, Danny and I, um, and it is a privilege. We cover all of these teams, and you know, there was a lot of stories this year. There was the Middletown story. There was the Semo story. There was, you know, there's there's a lot that went on this year. And I want to thank you, Ryan, and all the coaches for giving us access. Um, and it's it's really a pleasure to root for you guys. It really is. It's very easy to root for Cornwall. And it's but, real important, Ryan, too, like you said, you know, allowing us to have access, you know, to the players, to you guys. You know, it makes our job easier. And it's also, I think, good for the community. It gets these kids exposure, right? They appreciate it. We can't do our job without them, right, Darren? You would agree? And more importantly, to these two gentlemen here, guys, continue to set the example for the younger kids, right? Be that role model. You know, it's something that they'll never take those two titles away from you for the rest of your life, right? And it's also good to be a good, you know, community member. Uh, it seems to me you guys, you know, come from good stock. Your coach talks highly of you. I know people in the community. It's very important. You don't realize it. But those young guns, man, they look up to you guys as you, as, as you guys are gods. And I mean that. So continue setting the example, right? You can, you know, bust that child. Chops a little bit. That's part of, you know, growing up. But continue to set the example. It goes a long way because character is everything, okay? The people you meet on the way up are going to be the same people you meet on the way down. Don't forget that. Yes, sir. Guys, thank you very much, and congratulations. The basketball world! Touchdown! 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 Sports 845. Danny was really great having those guys on. Now let's talk about the guys that get paid. The NFL, you know, we were treated to some very good wildcard games this week. Very good. And unfortunately, uh, they were very good games, but we still have to talk about the officiating. But before we get to the officiating, the Vikings next week will go to San Francisco, where I do think they have a chance. The Ravens host the Titans. The Chiefs host the Texans. And the Seahawks go to Lambeau Field to play the Packers. Your thoughts on the games that just passed? I mean, Houston-Buffalo. Buffalo goes up 16-0. And I, my heart bleeds for the Buffalo, the Bills Mafia and everything. You're up 16-0. And your thoughts on the game? One of the wildest coaching slash games I've ever seen in a long time. I don't know which team wanted to win. It was almost like it was a hot potato. You have Josh Allen, you know, in some – you know, instances he looks like he is the man, great, a gunslinger, and then other times making decisions like, what the heck is going on here? When he flipped that ball after the run, I was like, are you kidding me? And you know what? It only cost him like a couple of yards. It wasn't really the killer. And we have to be fair, have to be fair. End of regulation, tough catch. That tight end catches the ball, game's over. Yeah. Very tough. The Viking game, did you think it was pass interference offensively by Kyle Rudolph? I think I absolutely thought it was a push-off, um, but, you know... I thought it was a good no-call. Yeah, I mean, a- excellent play. You know, you got to tip your cap. I mean, it's what it is. I'm still not a believer of this garbage, you know, whoever wins the coin flip. Yes, you need to stop the other team, but, I mean, 
give me a break. Well, and I like the overtime rule now. You do? It's, yeah, well, you got to score a touchdown to win the game. Understood. But you're talking about you're not allowing a guy to touch the ball because they lose a coin flip? They scored you know, a touchdown. Play defense. It wasn't a cheap field goal and the game's over. No, no. I understood. Understood. Um, but, you know, I th- what is that, like three years in a row now or something where the Saints have lost like on the last play of the game or like three big games they've had? They've lost on the last play of the game. The NFL did their top 100 and they did their top 10 quarterbacks. Drew Brees belongs in the top 10. It was a mistake not having him in there. It was wrong, in my opinion. Very tough. You know, they talk. Drew Brees was better than Sammy Baugh. Well, I would agree. But, you know, it's a, it's a different game. You I know, never the saw history. Sammy Baugh play. Um, coaches. Coaching changes. You know, they have the Black Monday in the NFL where the coaches get fired. Ron Rivera goes to Washington. They're making Ron Rivera, I mean, the Washington the press is making Ron Rivera into Vince Lombardi. All of a sudden, the Redskins are going to be the greatest team in the world because they got Ron Rivera. He's a good coach. I don't debate that. But, you know, it, to me, the Redskins have a long way to go. Always. Listen, when they have an owner like that, it's just how it is. It's no secret. You know, everybody, you know, Mike McCarthy, did I want him to go to the Giants? Absolutely. But everybody thinks Jerry Jones is, you know, is the man. He's going to spend the money. What have the Cowboys won in 25 years? And Dan Snyder is the same way. They have a decent fan base, right? A very good fan base. The coach, excellent. Like it, but they're just... I like the, the Rivera are too much involved, right? It's easy for these guys to stroke a check. I'm not counting anybody's money, okay? But everybody loves them. Oh, he writes the check. He does this. There's still a cap. But they're too much involved. I don't need to hear about you after every game. I'm sorry. What I do like what the Redskins did do is they brought in Jack Del Rio for the defense. And I think the Rivera-Del Rio combination is a good signing. Mike McCarthy earlier today signs with the Cowboys. He's their next head coach. Uh, McCarthy, you could go two ways. Super Bowl champ. Did a great job. One Super Bowl. Or? Nine playoff game losses. That's where I'm going. Or had Aaron Rodgers in his prime and only won one Super Bowl. You could go both ways there, but McCarthy was a wanted man. Yeah, I would agree. I think he would be a great fit for the Giants. It's too late. I get it. You know, young coach. I'm going to give you the great fit. Young quarterback. I'm going to give you the great fit for the Giants in a few minutes. The Panther job is still open. Eric Bieniemy's name is being bantied about. Uh, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. The Brown job is open, surprisingly. It's open every week. Um, you know who I think would be a great coach for the Browns? And I'm telling you right now, I think you will hear, whether it be rumor or not, I think Urban Meyer is interested in the Cleveland Brown job. I guess if he wants to come to the NFL, I, I don't know. Um, I I would not want him as my giant coach. I do not want Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer would do very well in Cleveland, though. And why so? Home state, um, Baker Mayfield. Urban's very good at managing personalities. I think Urban would do well in Cleveland, and he would be wanted there. They would love him there. Do you think he – does he have the desire to come really to the NFL? I mean, I don't know. A guy like Pete Carroll, I mean, he kind of left USC where it was. They were, you know, always I think Urban sanctions. Meyer has an ego that he would want to churn. You know, he'd want to be the – he'd want to be the Terry Francona, the guy that wins, breaks the curse, wins in Cleveland. I think – you know, I'm just saying this. Yeah. I think Urban Meyer would be a good fit in Cleveland. Tough, tough egos to manage, man. I don't know. Urban can do it, Great I Great job, great community for sure, right? Giants seem to be in love with Matt Rule, oh, and I God. read something today that- Did anybody a, know who Matt Rule was a week ago? I did. Two weeks ago? I a did. A month ago? Yeah. You did. Okay. I did. Matt Rule has turned around programs. Matt Rule was also an NFL coach, and it wasn't just the offensive line coach. Matt Rule had a lot of say in what went on there towards the end of his tenure. Matt Rule is very well respected. Here's the thing with Matt Rule. 
I read $17 million buyout at Baylor. Now, I know NFL prints money, but that's a lot of money that the Giants would have to pay to get Matt Rule and then to pay him. Yeah, listen, I don't count anybody's money. If, if that's the guy they want, it's really just... I think Rule, listen, Rule wowed the Jets last year. Rule has been very good on his interviews. You know, he's interviewed for many jobs. He It just wasn't the right fit. I think he wants the Giants. I think the Giants want him. I think Matt Rule's the next head coach of the Giants, and I'm okay with it. You are? Yes. Belichick, no shot, well, although what, he, did, he always said... That's what I was going to say. I think that you will hear the rumors... Tom Brady is, you know, 42 years old. Nobody knows what Belichick's contract is. I could see you reading in the paper Belichick and McDaniels coming to the Giants with McDaniels being the assistant coach and taking over in three years. I think it's a long shot, but every time the Giant job is open, it's been open far too too much than it, as it should be the last several you know seasons. Yeah. Belichick's name is mentioned. Maybe now the time is right, but if it, I, I, I'm telling you it's Matt Rule, but I will say that you'll hear some Belichick rumors. Well, I would love Belichick. I can tell you that right now. How would um, you not? I think it would be great. But you know one thing, back to Jerry Jones, you know, I don't understand how – we all know it's no secret, right? With Him as an owner and Snyder in Washington, you know, these coaches are puppets. That's the reason why nobody wants the job, right? I mean, they, all, these co- all these owners all pay money. But I want to know how they can basically hang Garrett out to dry for a week. He was there for 10 years, didn't Unders- do anything. No, I think understood, Jones but then in 15 Garrett- hours, you know, McCarthy t- takes the job. Like, after, yeah, after but the I, guy, I think if you Jerry ask, Jones is a prick. I think if you ask Jason uh, Garrett if he was treated well, he's going to say yes. I think, Danny, we're That's, reading stuff. We're th- we're looking into things. He hung him out to dry. We don't know. It's not reading. No, I, I understand. For all we know, they were negotiating t- t- with Garrett for him to be up in the uh, upper office in management. Fair. I'm, you know, I don't know. But well, I, none of us I know. saw interviews with Garrett. He seemed very at ease with what went on. Nothing but praise. Listen, Jerry Jones probably kept Garrett seven seasons too long. Yeah. Anyway, do you this week coming up? Do you like the Vikings over the night? Do you like them? Who, who's who's winning this week? What what I love the game that I love is I know they're a two seed, but I don't think anybody is giving the Packers just a chance. They just they don't seem to have it. And I know they're a two seed, right? But I that's the game that I like the most. Is I love the Packers. the Packers. Yeah, you know I think uh, they're gonna have a legitimate shot. You know, to win. You know, the games are going to be great. The wild card, best that I've seen in a long, long time. You know, the only thing that could be better is if they move that Saturday up to 1230 like they used to have years ago. You know, but it's all about the money. I like the Packers over the Seahawks. I like the Chiefs over the Texans. I like, I think the Vikings have a very good chance. I like Minnesota over the 49ers in an upset. And I think the Ra- I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens do beat the Titans. Derrick Henry is playing unbelievable. Titans have to control the ball, but I do like the Ravens in the game. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Derrick Henry, very impressed last week watching him run. Big mm-hmm. guy, tough to stop, uh, mm-hmm. runs hard, and you know you need to run the football uh, to win playoffs here in uh, the NFL. Ryan Tannehill, comeback player of the year. Ryan Tannehill made $30 million last week. Amazing. Right? He's going to get paid. What do the Cowboys do with Dak Prescott? Listen, is there a, is there a chance that no. Brady, Brady goes dead? Not a chance. No. no. I don't know. Eli, never. No. no. They won't allow it. No. They're not going to sign this guy for $35 million a year, I hope. I mean, again, I it's what the market calls for. I think these agents have too much to say. There is too much money out there. I don't begrudge that. I hope you make $500 million. 
But what is this sport coming to that Dak Prescott could arguably get 30 to $35 million a year? And these contracts now, you're, a lot of these contracts are 75 79% guaranteed, whereas years ago it wasn't that way, right? Mm-hmm. The NBA is the only fully guaranteed. The NFL— Baseball. A baseball, right? Unless I stand you corrected. get attacked by a wild boar. <laughs> but how can you, with a straight face, say this is a good uh, signing? Dak Prescott, thirty well, million bucks. Tua announced today that he was leaving Alabama, going to the pros. Looks like the Dolphins are going to take Tua. As we m- merge in here to college football, I want to make a comment real quick. You tell me true or false. I'm fifty years old. That's not true or false, my opinion. I'm 50, uh, 51 years old. Joe Burrow, and I don't know how he's going to be as a pro, is the greatest college quarterback I've seen. This season, Joe Burrow had was the best I have ever seen from a college quarterback. Charlie Wood, remember him, Florida State. The year I remember he had? all of them. Joe Burrow in the championship game, in the you know the semifinal game. 29 of 39, 500 yards, and seven touchdowns. QB rating of 100. And a half. He was spectacular this year. You want to compare him to somebody? He walks like, he talks like, he drops back, he shows the confidence of Tom Brady in his prime in college. Peyton Manning was great at Tennessee. Elway at Stanford. You can go on and on. I've never seen a quarterback better than Joe Burrow. Yeah, came out of nowhere, too. Coach is great. Uh, I have a hard time with this college game. I know you have to get the ball to the best athlete. But, I mean, how many times can this guy, like, scramble around and running out of bounds and just throw the ball up and, like, these wideouts, like, run underneath it? I mean, it's... That's not flying at the next level. It's take nothing away from Burrow. I like him. I think he's a pure NFL quarterback, big dude, 6'4", 215. But, you know, seven touchdowns, I mean. Listen, Oklahoma and the uh, the Big 12 every year battle to see who's the fourth best team in the country. And, again, they did it this year. The SEC. By the way, back to uh, 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 Tua. Did most people know that this guy was going pro? You would agree, yes? What's this press conference to announce that he's going pro? You would think he'd maybe... I didn't know. He was oh. hurt. I thought it would have been a wise decision maybe to go back With to With the school. bad hip, you think so? Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure. I watched the press conference to find out. I didn't think it was a slam dunk. No chance Chase Young drops to the Giants. Maybe Burrow. Herbert, let me. No, I don't think Herbert... No. Uh, let me tell you something about Chase Young. And I like him. And if the Giants have the, you know, were able to get him, I would want him. Chase Young versus uh, Clemson. Chase Young versus uh, Michigan. Chase Young versus, you know, I, I know he's double teamed and everything. The Giants are going to get a good player. Chase Young is very good. I think Bosa was much better. Yeah, well, Bosa definitely played better in those games. If you mm-hmm. go back a few years, though, let's not forget, look at the big games that Saquon Barkley played with that Penn State faced. He did not fare well against those big, better defenses, right? Yeah, I, I think the Giants are, Giants are going to go offensive line. I hope. God, I'd go crazy if they draft a wide receiver. Go offensive line. And, you know, while, before we get to college, I guess, we'll continue. I think Gettleman deserves this day. Well, it's not a matter of deserving. It's just typically, you know... I typically, a, a coach comes in and with his own guy and everything correct. like that. Now, I don't know. I, I get loyalty. Um, what is, you know, what does Gettleman have that... 
You know, I think they gave Shermer a bad deal. I know. I don't think Shermer was a good two, coach. Two years, you got to give the guy a chance, man. I don't think he was a good coach. I saw enough in-game coaching where I didn't think he was a good coach. The guy was a center in college football, so he's got you know he's a smart guy. He knows the game. He like, he knows the line of scrimmage. Let's call it how we see it, right? Michigan State is it, it, the NFL has become now. You know. I know it's win-now mentality, instant gratification, but two years? I didn't think he was a good coach. You didn't? Fair. And I think Gettleman deserves to stay. You look at his draft picks, Gettleman did a good job. Daniel Jones is a good NFL. He's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Saquon Barkley is a good NFL running back. He took Slayton in the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, one of the best wide receivers. No, I'll agree. I, I'm I, not saying that Gettleman should go and Sherman should stay. I just kind of thought it would be yeah. they're both gone and let's see what we're going to do. Start over. Ellis, let's go to college because we're crunched for time here, and I want to get into some baseball as well. LSU was a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Clemson. They opened up at four. You know, the guy who's lost in this with Jalen Hurts, with uh, Justin Fields, with uh, Joe Burrow, is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, The only thing Trevor Lawrence has done is he's never lost a football game in his life. Any team they put in front of him, they win. High school on. Give him a hard time about, oh, he plays in the ACC. Give it to the next level. Big game. Alabama who? That's what can, it is. Can Clemson beat Good LSU? Play. Absolutely. Will Clemson beat LSU? Game's in Louisiana. I'm rooting for Clemson. For I have Not what I asked you. Can Clemson will Clemson beat LSU? Who wins that game? Until they until they show me otherwise with Lawrence at the helm, even though they breeze through the ACC and they always seem to win the big game, why can't they? So you're picking Clemson? I, I'm rooting for Clemson. Absolutely. I'm picking them. Cole, they, okay, that's what we got. We got picking them. You're picking Clemson. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take LSU. I think it's a special year. I have a male crush on the coach at LSU. Uh, he says good morning, and I'm I'm revved up to play football. The guy is great. That's a guy to. Uh, that's a that's a coach that all players should want to play for. Absolutely, without He's, a doubt. And you'll see they will. Yeah. They'll flock there. I think LSU wins the game. I think Burrow is terrific. I think Lawrence loses his first game, and LSU wins a national championship. You know the SEC. People said the SEC was a little down this year only because Alabama didn't get there. The I was looking right before the show. The SEC had went 6-1 and one in bowls unless I missed something. The only team to lose was Auburn. Tennessee played well at the end of the year, and the SEC needs Tennessee to be good again. Yeah. Um, Alabama beat Michigan, and I want to talk about that for a second. Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, and Florida all won their games. We knocked Jim. We, we have talked about Jim Harbaugh plenty of times. He had two weeks to prepare for Nick Saban in Alabama in a game that meant a lot more to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan than it did to Alabama. And he went out there and his team laid an egg. Started out well. Yeah. Well, is Jim Harbaugh... Uh, you going to hear his name mentioned about a buyout out of there? Probably. Is Jim Harbaugh getting sick of Michigan or is Michigan getting sick of Jim Harbaugh? Tough spot. I mean, how many times the guy won ten games, right? Uh, Didn't go there to win that. I understand, but if he, but if he goes there and he wins, you know, ten games, and he happens to beat Ohio State finally, then it's they're basing it all on one game. Yeah, you know, I guess. Uh, you know, listen, he's never, he hasn't not. Beaten I can't Ohio see State. him he's gotten being killed. I can't see him being a good recruiter, but no, 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 stop. Jim Harbaugh has more five star players on his team than any team in the country. I looked that up. Is that right? Yes, he's a hell of a recruiter. They just don't beat Ohio State, and then they come out flat against Alabama. In a game that I'm telling you, Alabama, they could say whatever they want. They didn't want to be there. No, to- I totally agree. Totally agree. They weren't in the, you know, the, the four playoff spots, right? Alabama, no, no interest. You know, Saban's already on to next year. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so January 13th, and we'll be back either the day before or the day of of that game. I can't wait to watch it. Ohio State-Clemson was a terrific game. Terrific game. Either team could have won that game. And I think we're going to have a great national championship game. Totally agree. And as far as Ohio State complaining about the officials, with all the stuff that happened, the the bad calls, you had the ball with four minutes left with a chance to win, and you didn't win. End of story. That's it. Listen, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. And Ohio State should never complain about the officiating. They won a national championship on the worst call possible. Three of them at the end of the game, if you remember that championship game. And listen, the officiating has been awful. But part of me feels these guys, nobody's perfect, right? With all this instant replay and what they show and the slow motion... It's taken away the human part of the game. You're like, uh, of course these guys are going to look worse than what they are because they're watching it in real time. They're going to make a mistake. They get replay. You know, not, not all these – they do get replay. That's what I'm saying, and I, I think they should do away with it because the world is not perfect, right? Yeah, that blatant call against the Saints last year was god-awful. But some of these calls is like, well, oh, look at him. He did step out. He didn't step out. It's bang, bang. They're taking the human element out of it. I got a problem with that. Because the world's not what's perfect. Besides your hair. Is that Moose you have an arrow gel? It's it's natural looking gel. Beautiful. Let's talk a little baseball. I don't think we're ready for the NBA yet. We'll be on well before the trade deadline. I like the fact that Mike Miller is the coach of the Knicks and not David Fisdale. Fisdale was brought to the Knicks to recruit free agents, get along with players, and be a very good head coach. He didn't get one free agent. The players didn't know who was starting, who was finishing. The rotations were messed, were, were never correct, never consistent, and they lost every game. Miller comes in, they're 6-6 six and six under the helm with him, and it looks like they're actually running plays. But, like I said, the NBA, we, Zion's supposed to be back in the next two weeks. We'll wait, we'll talk NBA. Is that fair? We'll talk next week some NBA? Yeah, no interest at the moment. Not with uh, what's going on here with you know football, NFL playoffs, big signing, Yankees, right? That's what I want to. Let's do this. Let's talk some uh, Major League Baseball here. We'll, you know, we'll go through it. Anthony Rendon goes to the Angels. Strasburg stays at home in Washington. Uh, Madison Bumgartner goes to the Diamondbacks. Zach Wheeler goes to the Phillies. Still out there. Donaldson, Ozuna, and the Mets sign Dellen Betances. <laughs> You're a Mets fan. I root for the Mets, but not as diehard as I was. Okay. Full transparency. It's all about the New York football giants and Duke basketball. Okay. Here's my thing with the Mets. Dellen Batances is very low risk and a very high reward. To hear John Heyman and guys that you know claim they know so much more than anybody say the Mets bullpen, which was cost them the playoffs last year, is now the best bullpen in baseball. I can't see it. I like the Batances signing, but again, it's a typical Met free agent signing. The word if is in front of it. He threw two innings last year. Batances is an if. He's not he wasn't healthy. When he was healthy, he was good, but he wasn't healthy. And to put him in there and say that the Mets have the best bullpen in baseball is out of the, is crazy. I like the signing. To me, the dark horse for the Mets is Yuena Cespedes. If Cespedes has something left, and it was an ankle injury, and he promised, you know, it's a contract year for Cespedes, which is always good. Cespedes could carry this team. You need bullpen and pitching to win. Well, 
they have the pitching. They do. They signed Michael Waka and Rick Porcello. Porcello's been good every other year. Waka will could be, you know, a, they, they basically replaced Wheeler with two guys. And Lugo is now, you know, in the bullpen permanently. The key to the Mets to me is Cespedes and one more move. And that move could be Starling Marte of the Pirates. The, I'm going to give you two names that are out there as, as rumors. I've got three, three names that are out there that looks like they could be traded, which is shocking. Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, and uh, Chris Bryant. The Mets need a third baseman. I would do any, I would move heaven and earth to obtain Nolan Arenado. Well, they're not going to pay Mookie Betts, are they? The Red Sox, you know, Mookie's on the last year of his deal. Yeah. The you could get more. The the Rockies would get more for Arenado than the Red Sox would get for Betts because they're not going to lose Betts for nothing. I think Betts gets traded. I don't know who. You know, it's going to take a package and it's going to take sitting down with Mookie and working out a con a long term deal. So you think getting a guy from Colorado and Cespedes having a year? No, I'm not. Forget the guy from Colorado. Got it. I think Cespedes is the key to the Mets this year. I think their bullpen's improved. I think their starting pitching is fine. And one more thing with the Mets, we knock them all the time. You see what Strasburg signed for. You see what Garrett Cole signed for, and we'll talk Yankees in a second. Boy, the Mets got a steal with the Grom. Without a doubt. Without, and good for him for just getting it out of the way. Do you know Garrett Cole is getting paid twice the amount of Jacob DeGrom? Back-to-back Cy Youngs. Go figure. Now, Yankees. Yankees need pitching. Yankees need pitching. Yankees need pitching. Cashman, Steinbrenner. They go out there, and I don't fault them at all. They get their guy. They get Garrett Cole. He anchors that rotation. Offensively, the Yankees are great. The Yankees are prohibitive favorites to get to the World Series. It's still a crapshoot when you get there. The Astros didn't win the World Series last year with Cole, Verlander, and Greinke. Yeah. But Garrett Cole is a huge addition, and I think the Yankees will be fine. I'm sure they will, and that's you know it's good for the sport. You get a lot of haters out there paying attention to the game. Baseball, no matter what you say, the ratings are just falling off and falling off. It's brutal. But, you know, when the Yankees are good, Red Sox are good, baseball's good. You know, you need those cities to have it. You know, it's a local game for sure. You know, somewhere out in San Diego, they can care less what the Yankees and Red Sox are doing. But it's good to have the Yankees relevant for sure. Josh Donaldson is out there, and people say to me, Darren, why would you trade heaven and earth to get Nolan Arenado when you could all you have to do is pay Josh Donaldson? Well, the answer is Arenado's 28. He's the best defensive third baseman I've seen since Greg Nettles. Josh uh, Josh Donaldson is 34 years old. Um, Donaldson had an excellent year last year, but he wasn't very good the years before that. And I would rather get Arenado at 28 years old. But I don't. I I, I, I think Arenado could be moved. I don't think it's going to be to the match. Are you shocked with these signings? Take the money out of it. No, I could care less what they do. Good for these guys, right? But they're still getting these. Like even like uh, the, the Cole signing. How many years did he get? Uh, I don't know. Seven, seven years, Seven maybe? years. Still, what, what's the guy, 29? Yeah. Right? G- Garrett Cole is 29. I mean, I'm, It's he's not going to be the pitcher he is now at 34, 35. It's just yeah, not but that's happening. The, people are doing it. I, did, I, I Listen, if they didn't, someone else would. You know? How about giving him $70 million for like two years? You if, know, and then, then, we re, then we keep going. Garrett Cole wouldn't do that. Yeah. It, the money he got wasn't just picked out of the air. Yeah. It's Hall of Fame vote time. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, I think they get in. The pre-voting, I saw something online on Twitter or something. I guess like the pre-voting type deal. They only polled, you know, X amount of... 100. 
people, whatever. Like he, he's like in the seventy percentile. I think. He gets I think um, Barry Bonds is the best player that I have ever seen. Okay, I'm fifty years of age. He showed up to play every day. Played 150, 155 games. Right, the walks through the roof. They want to call him selfish, really, with all the walks that that man had. Defensively, excellent player, great ball player. Excellent hitter, power, steroids. I get it. It was part of the game. I'm not condoning it. It's what it is. The best player I have ever seen that I watched and knew about. The Second best, best I've ever seen. Two. Ken, Ken Griffey. Okay. I think Bonds gets in. Here's the guy I complain about every year. I watch Ryan Sandberg play. I watch Joe Morgan play. I watched Roberto Alomar play and think Roberto Alomar was the best I've ever seen for a three or four year period. I look at the back of their baseball cards and I look at hits, average, RBIs, total bases, home runs. Jeff Kent has more home runs, more RBIs, more hits than Sandberg, than Alomar, than Lou Whitaker, than Joe Morgan. Morgan had the stolen bases. Jeff Kent is polling at 26%. Jeff Kent was, I don't know him, but I've watched him talk. Didn't seem like a nice guy. Teammates didn't seem to like him. Jeff Kent was a hell of a baseball player. If those guys are in the Hall of Fame, Jeff Kent belongs there. Listen, it's no secret. They're making it a popularity contest. Kent belongs it without a doubt. It's not a question. The guy is just not a nice man. Jim Rice the same way. Eddie it's Murray. so wrong. I mean, you have guys that are voting that are still giving, you know, God forgive me, who's the kid out of suffering that played like for the Rockies, uh, the shortstop still? Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss still gets like, you know, a vote or two for like the Hall of Fame. Like, it's a joke. You know, Jeff Kent belongs in it. And, you know, honestly, I don't know what it's like to play at that level, right? Do you think, from what we know, outsiders looking in, do you think Jeff Kent really cares if he gets into the Hall of Fame? Yes. You do? Yes. It's a big I th- deal. I think Barry Bonds, it's a big deal. No, it's a big deal. It is? It's the enshrine. It, and you know what? It, it, Cole, I mean, you, wait. back, you agree. Baseball guy Cole. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Yes, sir. I know you can only put a certain amount of plays in each year, right? Whatever the case may be. There's, yeah, isn't it limited? Their stat, yes. Their stats don't change. If you're that competitive, which these guys need to be to be good at that level, right? You have to hate your opponent, and you want to be the best you can be all the time. Your stats don't change. Do you think it's? Don't you think this guy? They think some of these guys. If I don't get in right away, my stats are not changing. Now I'm getting in five, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. What I'll say on baseball, if the question is, does the Hall of Fame mean a lot to baseball players, it probably means more to baseball players than any other sport. And the reason I say that is because baseball players, by their nature, tend to be very prideful. They have to be very prideful. If they're not prideful, they wouldn't be there in the first place. That doesn't take it away from guys that play in the NFL or NBA, but LeBron James popped out and he was born to be in the NBA, right? When you got a guy that's six foot six and weighs 350 pounds and is a ginormous lineman, you're going to be... There, there, there aren't as many physical caps in baseball to succeed. You got to go through probably at least three years in the minor leagues, unless you're just an absolute stud to get up there. Most of those guys take even more. You throw one pitch, you take one at bat in the major leagues. You are freaking proud to do that. And the reason that's just my feeling on why I think no, I, I agree. Hall of I mean, Fame means so much no, more I, because I, it takes I'm so much to more Kent to even in get general. there. Well, like I, I just from what we know, personality-wise, I don't think he gives a. 
rats uh, Jeff, behind. I mean, Jeff Kent in general. I mean, I don't know if many of these guys particularly care, but I will say this: a, a certain guy that I know that pitched in the major leagues had a shortstop behind him, and he said, "I don't. I he I there was not a person in the world that I." liked less than that guy he said but i wouldn't want anybody else playing shortstop for me so i don't think that really plays in most of the time into the voting but for an individual absolutely jeff kent wants to be in there you know i always said with the hall of fame and this is what i will say right now a hall of famer you don't think twice watch Derek jeter Punch a Judy hitter played for the Yankees. Lock Hall of Famer. Okay. You, you just go yes or no. <laughs> yes. Derek Jeter. George Brett. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mariano Rivera. No brainer. Mike Piazza. He belongs in Hall of Fame. Okay. My point is this. If I say to you, Mike Mussina. Almost like an immortal. Mike Mussina. You got to think. I don't have to think. Okay. Okay. Maybe a bad name. Absolutely. But you, you I got, understand. My point is this. If you have to think about it and- then they're not a Hall of Famer. To me, it's a slam dunk when I say these names. The fact that Tom Seaver, for the longest time, and this goes to your point of who they like and don't like. My only the, time in Cooperstown, by the way, was when Seaver got inducted. The fact that Tom Seaver, for the longest time, now Tom Seaver was great, but I think we could both agree Babe Ruth was probably a little bit better. If I had to guess. The fact that Tom Seaver held the record until Mariano for 98%, who the hell is not voting for Lou Gehrig? Who's not voting for Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio? So when you have these votes, to me, getting in is the thing. The vote, the percentage means nothing. I agree. It's not on their plaque. I don't think Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. I really don't. I never, I I mean, Kurt Schilling to me was a very good pitcher. But I'd rather face Schilling than Pedro any day when you were in their prime. Excellent big game pitcher, Schilling. Um, but, talk, but that's talk it. About and, give and, me the ball. And you know what? Stats do change a little. Not in the Phil Rizzuto case, but to me, and, and we did this before. I don't know if you were on the show. We went around the last 50 years and went position by position. Here's why stats do change. If you looked at the back of Ricky Henderson's baseball card, because errors change, the sport changes. And Ricky Henderson, you're looking at it and you're saying, hey, the guy had... Barely 3,000 hits. I mean, he, I, to me, Ricky Henderson is the all-time greatest leadoff hitter. Not a question. He had, you know, he had 298 home runs. What, what are you, he was an outfielder. What are you making a big deal out of Ricky Henderson? Guy stole 12,000 bases yeah. in an era where you didn't sit and wait for the three-run homer. So, listen, stats do change a little bit, and I think some of these guys are not voted in because of their personality. They didn't give Jim Rice didn't give the guy an interview. But when you sit down and you look back and you say, "Wow, look how baseball has become. Look at uh, look at Lou Brock. You you wouldn't appreciate Lou Brock in today's game. You wouldn't appreciate Pete Rose in today's game. There's a lot of guys that you would choose right now in today's game over Pete Rose. And to me, one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived. No, not even a question. He I belongs totally in the Hall of Fame without a doubt. Yep. But if Pete Rose played today, let me ask you this. Take Pete Rose. Where would he play I, on the Yankees I, last I, year? I understand, I understand what you're saying. I, I know where you're going with, you know, stats kind of do change. You're right. That's an I mean, excellent, I, it, excellent it, it, example. The, the point I'm making Pete is Rose. Because Pete Rose today would be. I'll give you another one. Rod Carew. Would Rod Carew have the value in today's game? And I think, yes, you'd find a spot for a guy like Rod Carew or Pete Rose. But would Rod Carew 
be the value have the value today that he had back then by hitting 330 with six home runs and 38 RBIs. Exactly right. Nope. I got it. The game has changed completely. To sit here and say, which is astonishing, I would rather have Ioannis Cespedes than um, Fred Lynn. Not even close. Lynn was a better ball player. But the era, the game is just so different. You sit, you wait, you look at the back of these cards and you see 40 home runs, 100 Juan Gonzalez. 45 home runs, 158 RBIs. Guys like George Brett never in a million years put up a season like that. Yeah. And to me, Brett's the greatest clutch hitter that ever played the game that I saw. So there's just a lot of things that have changed. Baseball is a different sport right now. But I do believe... How about Albert Bell? Albert Bell, too. But He'll his career, never get in. His career was too short. But he had six, seven years there. Yeah, that but his career was too short. Listen, best. I don't think Mattingly belongs in the Hall of Famer. It belongs in the Hall of Fame. Well, if you... Depends. I don't. I, think, I loved him. Yeah, Guy was great. Point. But he did get hurt, and he didn't have a long career. Thurman Munson, to me, great player. Doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. He didn't have the career. He, tragedy. Didn't have it. Munson, to me, better than Carlton Fisk who's in the hall. Um, but Munson, to me, doesn't belong. Mattingly doesn't belong. Um, you, you know, you could go through these guys. What do you think? I mean, nowadays, like, these pitchers don't pitch like how they do, you know, years ago, right? No so, one will ever win 300 games. That's that. Those things don't exist, right? I mean, that 300, you know, was, the, that, the 500 home run, yeah, but the 300 games, it, impossible. It's not happening. Well, that's why I was saying the game has changed. The marker used to be 400 home runs. Used to, you know, I think I read this, not I think, I read this 20 years ago. The only two guys eligible for the Hall of Fame with 400 plus home runs that are not in was Dave Kingman and Daryl Evans. So look at that now. Everybody, not everybody, tons of guys hit 400 home runs. That Mm -hmm. list is now ridiculously long. Used to have to win 300 games that insured you into uh, Cooperstown. No one will ever win 300 games again. Guy will get 3,000 hits. Guy will win 20 games. You know, a guy might even hit 400. No one's winning 300. No one is winning 300 What about games. a guy like Dale Murphy? You, you look back. That's a great example. You look back and you say, wow, Dale Murphy with three straight MVP awards, I believe. You know, played in a, t- in a big field. Bonds won three MVPs pre-steroids, too. Yeah. I, I, don't I debate. mean, he was so, I don't so debate good. Barry Bonds. Ugh. I don't debate Barry Bonds, but you take Jeff Bagwell. Did he get in? Bagwell get in? Yeah. Okay, right. Bagwell get in. Um, he was me, tied into the juice to a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I'm Biggio trying, didn't get in, right? Biggio's in. Biggio's in? Yeah, now Biggio is a very good baseball player, great player, but he compiled his stats. Right. That's not his fault either, though. I no, mean, it's, it's what it not. Is. It's not his fault. Good for him for being able to play. It's not easy to play 162 games a year. You know, granted, they travel on all these mm-hmm. fancy planes and nice accommodations. That takes a toll on your body. Let's call it how we see it. Yeah. Uh, but I, my point, you got my point. I just think that I, did. It, I, I think you you do look back on these things and you say, wow, this guy was better than I thought. I, I still don't see how Phil Rizzuto's in, but, you know, yeah, guy was better than I thought. Um, we will be back next week. We are going to do the show every week, maybe even twice a week. This is Sports 845, and Dick O'Neill, who could not be here tonight, will be joining us next week and every week after. Uh, Sports 85 will consist of Danny Lucky, Dick O'Neill, and myself, and our crack producer, Cole the Hoosier.